Chest. Come on. Come on now. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad you came to the Lord's house this morning? Amen. Amen. Why don't you take your Bibles with me, if you will, and we're going to go over to find my place here. We're going to go to 1 John 3, and then we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 15. 1 John 3, 1 Corinthians 15. <clears throat> Before we go there this morning, and just felt a pause in the service, and I feel like the Lord wanted to say something. And let me encourage you, be obedient to the moving in the Spirit of God, all right? But someone handed this to me, and I believe this is interpretation of the tongue that would have went out. This is your day. This is your day. This is the day that you want so much to give your heart to Jesus. As you stand there and your heart beats, you ask yourself, but how can you love me so much? And this is the Lord's response. I am the beginning and I am the end. I died on the cross for you. I opened my arms for you. I will forgive you and fill you with joy. This is your day. This is your day. Bow your heads with me if you will. If that word is for you, I just want you right now, in your own words, in your own way, just to surrender your heart to the Lord. And then after this service is over with, I want you to come find me. And I want you to say, I'm the one that God paused the surface for, the service for. I'm the one the Lord was speaking to. Lord, I just ask right now, Lord God, as there is surrender being made, Lord, in the midst of that struggle, Lord, there's a surrender being made. There has been a heart that has been touched and feels the moving of your spirit. Now, Lord, we know the only way to resurrect and live a resurrected life is we have to die. Lord, we have to surrender, and Lord, we are doing so now. Lord, there's someone in this house right now that is surrendering their heart to you. And Lord, we just want to thank you today for your mercy. We want to thank you, Lord God, for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want you to look here in 1 John, 1 John 3. How many enjoyed the children's program last week? Praise God. We were so blessed by all of the, the angels and the animals and, and all that were up here. And thank God they didn't devour the poinsettias. I was over there watching intently to see if those little animals were going to eat the, the poinsettia buds. And yeah, I was ready to pounce. And I think we saw a young uh, worship leader step up to the mic, didn't you? <laughs> Praise God. Uh, Jesse, uh, Jesse asked if uh, she would be available to come on a worship team. So uh, we, saw, we saw her gift begin to spring forth. That was so, so beautiful. Amen. Now, I'm going to let the youth nap during service today because I preached this message to them on Wednesday. I'm just kidding, guys. No, don't nap. Uh, I've added a little bit to it. Maybe it'll keep you interested. But I want to I speak to you this morning about the fact that you are made to soar. Not be sore. Made to soar. You can't hear me? Turn over there, Lawson. Don, can you help me with that? You are made to soar. You're made to mount up with wings as eagles. You're made to soar. You're made to do things beyond your ability, beyond your capacity. You are made to catch the wind and let the Holy Spirit lead you into higher heights. Amen? 
I want you to look here in 1 John 3, and I'm going to share a story with you in just a minute. It says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called the children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us. Wow, Let's, we can pause right there, can't we? You become a foreigner in your own land whenever you become a child of God. And man, what an awesome, awesome privilege it is to be called a child of the king. I'm an heir and joint heir with Jesus Christ. I am of royalty. Amen. I might have been born in poverty, but I am now royal. Amen. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Came in the world, came to his own. His own did not, they didn't know who he was. In fact, the, the, the human he was, was so off track with what they perceived and believed a human should be, that they were like, I, I, don't, I, I don't know, I don't know. Beloved now, this is 1 John 3 and 2, beloved now, we are children of God, so you agree with that, children of God, you've accept, you are, you're part of the family, amen, you're part of the, you are part of the family. We are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. If you don't like what you're looking at, just hold on. Amen? Because it hadn't been revealed all that, that we are going to be. Amen? I might get better. Lord's help and grace, I won't get worse. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. We're going to see him as he is. And when we see him, we're going to be like him. Mm. Now, I, I love verse 3, and I want to leave that out. For everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself. Now, if you don't purify yourself after coming to the revelation of Jesus Christ, and I I, I, I venture to guess that you're walking in foolishness because you will see him. You're going to see him. You're going to see him either as your savior or as your judge. But you will see him. But once you come to the revelation of him, you're going to purify yourself because you know one day that you're going to purify himself because, just as he is pure. 1 Corinthians 15, 49. Just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, that's the first Adam, man of sin, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. Now, would you agree with me today, or let me just pose a, a thought to you, that we have in these passages of Scripture, both of which, we have the image of the man, that we will bear the image of the heavenly man, and that when we see him, we're going to be like him. Now, we understand that John is speaking to a, a future that's going to happen one day. That when Christ is revealed, when the eastern sky breaks, we see the glorified Lord Jesus. Uh, then in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, we're going to be transformed. We're going to be changed, right? But see, I believe that we have an already and a not yet. Amen? An already and a not yet. Because it wasn't until I saw the, the, the glory of the Lord Jesus that I was changed. 
Whenever his love was revealed to me, now all of a sudden I'm not or cannot stay who I was. <laughs> because I, when I see him, I'm going to be like him. And now the world doesn't recognize you anymore because you are now part of the family of God because he now lives on the inside of you. And see, you, you bore the image of the man of dust and some people see you and you say, oh, there's old Dusty right there. <laughs> and it's not until you start bearing the fruit and they begin to understand who you are as you begin to, through your actions, your attitude, your behavior, your belief, your words, you start expressing the love of God, that you start re revealing and bearing his image. What happened to Dusty. He went back to dust. Amen. should stay there. Now, I'm going to talk to you for a little bit, and this is, we're continuing in our theme here, we don't shrink back. Some of you might have missed out on the t-shirts. We have more ordered. We were hoping to have them this day. Uh, hopefully by, by next Sunday, we'll have those t-shirts. If you want one, uh, we'll have those available, $20 each. Okay. But we don't shrink back. As we look at this, I'm going to I'm going to talk to you a little bit about eagles today, and I'm going to tie this back into the passages we just read. But some fun facts about eagles. Eagles are a majestic creature created by God, and these eagles, eagles, bald eagles especially, bald eagles that I'm going to talk about this morning, they can weigh up to 15 pounds. They have a wingspan of seven foot six inches. Massive bird. I was sharing with the students there how that we were fishing in, fishing in Arkansas on Lake DeGray, sitting there with a cool, uh, uh, with a, with a mid-spring mid day, and there was just a, the water was like glass, and we were just casting those reels out, casting the lures out and reeling them in, and they would splash. And then it was just a death of silence, and there's no houses on the lake. And then all of a sudden we hear a shriek and a cry. It's a bald eagle comes in for a landing on the tallest tree that, we, that you could see on, the, on the, the, the outskirts of the edge of the water. Man, I'm telling you, when an eagle screams, you can, it gets your attention. It's like, whoa, what a beautiful, beautiful sight that those eagles are. Do you know an eagle, interesting fact about an eagle, and I'm going somewhere with this, so stay with me. An eagle can see eight and a half times further than a human eye. Standing flat-footed on the horizon, you and I, if our eyesight is not diminished entirely, just on average, if we can, we can see to the horizon about three miles. So if an eagle can see further, an eagle can see 24 miles. In fact, they can see a, a mouse walking through a field down they go. Eagles can live up to 70 years. They have no known predators other than man. <laughs> but in the, in the animal kingdom, they don't have any predators. The eagles parent together. They mate for life. And one interesting fact I did not know about eagles is that they are excellent swimmers. Didn't know that about eagles. But as you look at that, what is the point? See, eagles are made 
as they are called the kings of the sky. They are made to soar. In fact, uh, it only startles us when we hear them screaming in the sky. But if an animal on the ground hears an eagle screaming in the sky, it knows to scurry, to run and hide because there's a predator that is coming that doesn't have uh, any known predator and has razor-sharp talons uh, and has a razor-sharp beak and it can swoop down in a moment, see them from a distance, uh, grab them uh, and carry them off to the nest and feed to their little babies. See, an eagle is made to be a king, ladies, not to leave you out, queens of the sky. I submit to you, you are made to soar. You are made to be a person of vision. You are made to be a person who is feared in the kingdom of darkness. That when you speak, now all of a sudden, there's a rippling that takes place in the corridors and in the alleyways of hell because your voice is echoing the king's voice. And when the king speaks, hell begins to quake, it begins to shake. When we step out in the name of Jesus, there is authority in the name of Jesus. And we live in the authority of the name of Jesus. We can't have that authority if we're not under that authority. But oh my God, when we come in agreement with God and we walk under that authority, now all of a sudden, when you begin to speak according to the authority of God's word because you're submitted to him, it causes the kingdom of darkness to tremble. Eagles, listen to this, they're made to hunt, they're made to soar. This is interesting truth about eagles. Eagles are only eagles if they identify as eagles. Chew on that for just a minute. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to unfold that. Here's a story. It's about a man who found an eagle's egg. He put it in the nest with the barnyard hens. Found this eagle's egg, went over to the chicken coop, opened it up, Lifted the hen up, stuck the egg in there, set the hen back down. This hen sets upon this egg up until the time that this egg incubates, and now it hatches. Now, here is this eaglet, and this eaglet is doing everything that the chickens do. Scratching the ground. Balking like a chicken. Could you tell we had Christmas yesterday with my granddaughters? And the two-year-old goes and gets all of her stuffy animals, and she brings them to me, and she tells me, she asked me, Pops, what did they say? <laughs> well, Junie, the puppies say, woo, woo, woo. What did the ducks say, Pops? <laughs> anyway. So, the eagle is out there, and what is he doing? He's scratching the ground, digging up worms. 
farmer comes out, throws the feed out. It's feeding time. He gets out there with all the rest of them. When he flies, he just flutters up a little ways and comes right back down. Maybe it's a male eagle. So, so now he's, he sees the rooster crow. So now he wants to... <laughs> he's doing everything that the chicken is doing. And the eagle lives in the entirety of his life in the barnyard with the chickens. But one day when he's very old, he hears a shriek and a cry in the clouds and he looks up, tries to see around the sun and all of a sudden what comes into display but this beautiful, majestic bird that is up there. And he looks up and he asks his neighbor, what is that? He said, oh, that's a king of the sky. That's an eagle. That's an eagle flying above. Oh, could anyone guess what happened next? Oh, I wish I could tell you it ended in a good story, but no. So the, he looked up uh, into the sky, and his neighbor told him, said, Look, those, those birds belong to the air. We're of the earth. We belong to the earth. We're chickens. And so the eagle lived the rest of his day as a chicken because that's what he believed he was. Now you think that's a... It's a wonderful story, but is that even possible? Yes, <laughs> it is absolutely possible. See, because birds in the animal kingdom, especially uh, eagles, there is what is called in nature, it is called imprinting. It is a process whereby a social attachment is established between a young animal and the object that is typically or should be the parent. Now, as we look at that, and we've seen the cartoons, and you, you know the cartoons where the animal comes in. Sylvester does a cartoon. I shared this with the kids. I don't have the clip. But Sylvester comes, and he's going to eat the sparrow. He takes the sparrow from the, it, it hatches, and he looks at the bird, and he said, oh, a meal that talks, and he swallows it. And then he hears inside of himself, mama, mama. And so he, he reaches in, and he pulls that, he pulls that bird out. And then the rest of the cartoon goes where he's, he's being followed by this bird all the time. And it's just, mama, mama, mama. <laughs> you think, is that possible? Yes, you can look up in your own time and you'll discover there's an eagle by the name of Challenger. Challenger was the same scenario. He was found in the wild and brought in to human care. This person felt like he was doing something good for the eagle. And so feeds the eagle, stays with the eagle, builds, there, is a, there, is, there is a relationship, I guess you could say, with this eagle. But now it's time that we go and introduce this eagle back to the wild. This eagle wouldn't go. Why? Because it looked at that human and said, Mama, Mama, Daddy. See, what happened is instinctively it imprinted upon that human. See, because an eagle is not an eagle if it doesn't identify as an eagle. Filial imprinting is what it's called. You can look it up, you can discover. So, they imprint, they imprint. Only by being with the parent, only being with the parent does the eagle discover who they're supposed to be. 
So identity comes from abiding. So you take the, the eagle, and when he hatches, begins to imprint by being with the mother and the father eagle. So in this process, it's called imprinting. That's how an eagle discovers who he is, by abiding with his eagle parents. See, he can't know who he is unless he's around the ones who know who he is. See, you, you don't just read the book because the book is a good read. You start letting the book read you. And when you start discovering, wait a minute, I did bear the image of the man of dust. But now all of a sudden I see Jesus on the page. And when I start to see Jesus on the page, I start to see somebody that I'm supposed to look like. See, if I abide in you and your word, Jesus says, abides in me, you can ask what you will. In fact, Jesus came and he shows us how to image. He said, I don't do anything but what the Father shows me. I don't do anything but what the Father shows me. See, this is not just a matter of, uh, of, of opening up and finding some spiritual, eternal merit when you look at the Word of God. No, you are discovering on every page who you are because you're discovering who God is. And the reason many of us don't live in victory is because we have no idea of our identity. We're pecking around in the barnyard when God is screaming from the sky and saying, that's not who you are. This is who you are. You are meant to be feared by those in hell and you want me to be feared by those in hell living like a chicken. So we read the book, not only to discover who he is so that we may understand who we are. And we take parents and we model this in front of our children. And they see us reading the Word. They see us living the Word. They see us living under the Word of God, under His authority. Why do we not do that? It's because this is who we are. That is not who we are. That is not your identity. One day you're going to soar. And you're going to soar because I'm going to show you how to soar. Mm. See, as you look, you discover he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. See, the, the greatest thing you can do for anyone around you, and especially those closest to you, is to abide in the Lord Jesus Christ is to walk with him, is to talk with him, is to worship the Lord, is to magnify his name. And when after you are gone and there's no question where you went, your legacy will live on because your legacy will declare to the coming generation that they were a person, a man, a woman of God that lived for the Lord. They made their abode in the secret place of the Most High. They lived in the unseen and it was revealed in the seen because they walk with God and they talk with God. Mm. 
My earnest, passionate, heart-filled desire for my family is that they will dwarf everything that I ever thought I could accomplish or did accomplish on earth. I want this to be the spark that sets them ablaze so that they can take off and do whatever it is God has called them to do. I want to give them a foundation so that they can build upon that foundation, so that they can grow. And it doesn't matter how far below zero you come into the kingdom, God makes up all the I have no idea. I think I got too loud for my watch. All right. So, the imprinting, the identity starts with abiding. It starts with occupation. It starts by making some room for the Lord. It starts and continues and, to, and it grows as I continue and to grow in my relationship with the Lord. You can't know who you are if you don't know who he is. And once you discover who he is, now you can start discovering who you are. Because as we bore the man, image of the man of dust, we will also bear his image of the, of the heavenly man. But see, when he is revealed, there's nothing more enriching to my life personally than revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> There's really, as I study the book, and I've been in the book for decades, uh, still I find, discover new things about the Lord uh, that I didn't know. And for me, there is nothing more rewarding uh, than to discover God uh, in brand new ways. But not only that, uh, it is nothing more rewarding as God doesn't discard anything. He just builds and builds and builds and builds. But then when I discover, wait a minute, I am a part of of the family of God. I belong to him and he belongs to me and there's nothing more enriching or rewarding than to know that. Amen? But see, the imprinting, the imprinting, it starts by you living in community, common unity with God. Then, imprinting will start and that identity is being established through communication. See, because the eagles parent together, and when that eaglet is there, waiting on mama to get back with the food, daddy to go get the food, give it to mama, she chooses up, spits in his mouth. I'll get a little grosser as we go along to curb your appetite. <laughs> so, this eagle... It's up in this high nesting place. Sees the stars and the sun. And I don't think there's a bird that's brave enough to get close to that nest. It's separated from any predators that would come and try to, they can't reach them. Can't reach them. Can't reach these eaglets. So it's the voice of the, the vocalization of the parent eagles that are making the imprint on the, the mind, the only one that is seen and the only one that is heard in the, in the, in, as, the, as, the, 
as the voice, the vocalization of these eagle parents. And now this eagle understands that they are an eagle because they are there with mom and dad, but not just there with mom and dad. They're abiding with, but not just abiding with. They're listening to the voice and the vocalization of the parents. Now, folks, we see in God's Word, as Jesus said, as he is the door of the sheepfold. My sheep know my voice, and another they will not follow. They're not going to follow a stranger's voice. He will open the door because he is the door. And he says, sheep, follow me. What do they do? They get up and they start following. Oh, how important is it for us to follow the Lord? It is so very important for us to know the voice of God. Because if we don't know the voice of God, we may mistake his voice for another voice. We may mistake his voice for a lie from the enemy. We may mistake his voice. Have you ever noticed that when sickness comes on you, it comes with a voice? You're so sick, you're never going to recover. You're so sick, this may be your end. There's something you must have done wrong or you wouldn't have this happening to you. Do you think that's the voice of God and God put that sickness on you? How do you know that? Because you know his voice and by his stripes we are healed when fear comes in and said this is your doom this is your end there's no way out of this there's no way you are going to perish in this circumstance it's going to crush you it's going to annihilate you and if you don't know the voice of the shepherd the voice of your father then you might succumb to that you don't just read the book you got to know what's in the book and you let the book read you and all of a sudden wait a minute that's a lie because my father doesn't speak that language. His language is truth. And he said, I can do all things through him. In fact, I can't do anything without him. And he said, not to fear because he's with me. If you want to bring that lie here, you got to take it up with him. So it comes, identity starts with abiding. It is established through communication. Now, this is Oh, i got plenty of time. There's no life class next week, so I can go as long as I want today. You're made to soar. You're made to stretch your wings. You're purposefully, intentionally made for the skies above, not for the barnyard. And see, the parents know that instinctively. Why? Because they have been imprinted themselves. And they understand because they know the vocalization of the ones that brought them to that place. And they understand because they, uh, they abided with other eagles and other eagles. They weren't abiding with chickens in the barnyard. Because if you abide with chickens in the barnyard, you're likely never going to fly. If you abide with, with, with any other species, you're likely not going to become anything that you're called to be. Oh, you're, not, you're likely not going to become all that God wants you to be if you continually abide in areas that you're not supposed to be abiding in and you're listening to voices that you don't need to be listening to. You've got to get to the place where you, you find your information coming from the Lord. But now there is a moment in the eaglet's life where it is fully grown and the parents instinctively know it is time. Time for what? 
it's time to, to get out of the nest. <laughs> now, to get out of the nest, there's some things that have to happen. So the eagles, you can study this out and discover, eagles build the foundation of their nest in the extremely high places, either a cliff of a rock, it could be on a, on a, a tree or a tree coming out of a mountain, but they, they choose purposely high places. And they build the foundation of this nest, they go and get rocks, thorns, sticks, a lot of little pokey things, and they build the foundation of that nest out of that. And then they come in and they layer it in with feathers and leaves and pine needles. Now, baby, it's time for you to fly. So in order for that baby to fly, it's got to get to the place where it's not comfortable anymore. Because it's comfortable as long as daddy going out and getting the mouse and chewing it up, giving it to mama and she chews it up and pukes it in the mouth of baby. Living the life, amen. <laughs> oh, nothing more appetizing than puke. Just curbing your appetite. But see, that's, that's maybe where we started, where every meal is curated. <laughs> Put it in the old ninja. <laughs> hey, baby, I got your smoothie for you now. <laughs> Open up and receive the smoothie. I put a little kale and worm in there, so, you know, a little pineapple to curve the taste a little bit. But here you go. I hope it's sweet enough for you. A little honey on top of that. And you just go ahead. Open up, baby. Here it is. Here it is. Bloop, there you go. <laughs> Oh, belly's full. I can lay down on those soft feathers and go like, oh. time to eat. Let's cut. Mama, where you at? Mama, where you at? Mama, where you at? And then you go through this cycle, do you not? Where you need to come and you need to be fed. Then there comes a time where you got to feed yourself. But you might not feed yourself. You may not take what is given to you and start applying it as long as you're in a place of comfort. But see, mama knows this, daddy knows this, that you're not made just to take in. You're made to go out. You're made to reproduce. And you can't reproduce as long as you're in the nest. And you can't soar unless you get in the sky. And you can't get in the sky as long as you're in the nest. So mama's got to do something that baby's not ready for. Starts taking away the leaves. Starts taking away the feathers. Mama, what you doing? You'll understand. Mama, what you doing? I'm, I'm getting some stuff out of the way. What are you getting out of the way? I'm getting your comfort out of the way. <laughs> See, because underneath all that cushy stuff, there's a lot of thorns and a lot of, a lot of hurtful things. There's a pokey stuff. Whoa. Hey, hey could we bring the feathers back? I, I like the down comforter. Could you, could you go get the down? Hey, Mama, can I pluck some feathers out of your chest hairs because they're the softest and I'm going to put them right here. Could you go get me some more leaves and put over top of that? And yet mama doesn't respond. She just keeps pulling it out, pulling it out, pulling it out. Here's baby eaglet just sitting there. It's like, I don't like this. I don't like sitting on my tail feathers when it's not comfortable. Ow. Ow. Mama, what are you doing? Daddy, fix her. 
There's a lot of people sitting in this house today, and you're looking up to God, and you're saying, Lord, why am I not comfortable anymore? What's all this pokey stuff in my nest? Could it be for your development, not your destruction? Are you ever going to soar as long as you stay in comfort? We have been overcoaxed into the arena of comfort, so much so that we become extremely indulgent. We think we are entitled to this comfort. <laughs> I'm entitled to that comfort. It's mine. Leave me alone. If anything changes, I'm out the door. The least bit of offense. I, I can't wait to the door. I, I just, just ride straight on out and I'll never be back. Why? Because I am not comfortable. But we'll show up in all kinds of places that we want to be. And we will be uncomfortable because that's our desire. Didn't mean to rabbit trail on you. See, comes a place where God says it's time for you to get out of the nest because I have made you to be feared. I made you to be a person of vision. I made you to be an individual who soars above the clouds. I made you to see distances that, that others cannot see. I need you to elevate. I need you to reproduce. I need you to be all that I've called you to be. And you can't be that as long as you're sitting in that arena, in that area of comfort. And you're in that area of comfort. You're not going to reproduce who God is in you as long as you stay in the nest. So it gets a little pokey. It gets a little bit uncomfortable. But then mama does the drastic thing. She stops feeding baby. And she'll perch herself up on a limb, up a little higher, and she'll just watch baby. <laughs> mama, I'm hungry. <laughs> mama, I'm hungry. <laughs> The two-year-old, the four-year-old, the five-year-old spent the night, uh, and the, and the nine-year-old spent the night the other night. And you know what they have? They have a water switch, and it is broke because it's like, I want this, I want that, I want this, I want that, I want, 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 want. Is there any end? No. Not till you get about 18 or 20. Your water is stuck. You feed them lunch and they want snack, and you get them a snack and they want they want dinner and they just over and we feed them, we feed them, we take good care of them. Any grandparents in the house? You know what I'm talking about? But see the little baby is not a little baby anymore. Little baby is a big baby. Little baby is physically mature enough to start soaring. But baby's not going to soar as long as mama continues to enable baby to be a baby. See, because if mama keeps giving baby everything baby wants, then baby's only going to be a baby. A big, fat baby. Are you hearing me? So the only way to force baby out of the nest is you got to stop feeding baby. And hunger has a great is a great motivator. <laughs> Hunger make you do things <laughs> that you didn't know you could do. <laughs> Hunger make you, you know, we're going to start a fast after the first of the year, and the only thing I hate about fasting is I get hungry. Yeah. Even before, I, the thought of it, it's like Fat Tuesday for days on end. It just... <laughs> 
I'm going to the island. What are you going to do to survive? I'm going to fatten up before I get there. I'm going to eat as much as I can. I'd love to fast if it wasn't for all that hunger. So, but there's sometimes there's only, the only way to get to that place God wants you to be is to dole your bread out to the hungry, to see breakthrough not just in your life because it's not just your life you're concerned with. It is the lives of those that are around you. you got to get to the place where you just begin to deny and say, I don't want that anymore because I want this. And, Lord, I'm going after you with all of my heart. And sometimes we need to push back the dinner plate so that we can understand how to feast upon the Lord. But we have here a situation where there is an eaglet that's oversized. It's now... a it's now a grown eagle. The only way to get eagle out of the nest is mama's already pulled all the comfort out of the way. And now she stops feeding the eagle at the moment that she knows it's time and she doesn't come in power. She leaves that eagle there. She leaves him there. It's do or die now. You have all the capability, you have all the, the ability that has been innately and imaged inside of you. You've watched me fly. You've seen me soar. You saw how I got to the edge of the, of the nest and then I let the wind catch me. And yes, there was many times a, a, a law before there was a raise, but I caught the air. And when I caught the air, I began to do what, what I know to do. And I'm showing you how to do that. And now it begins to fly. But it was hunger that drove that eaglet to get out of the nest. See, could it be? The favor of the Lord is lifted just enough to leave you in a place of discomfort because maybe now it's time for you to get out of the nest and start soaring. Maybe it's time that we quit shrinking back into the place of comfort and start getting on the edge and say, okay, I'm going for it. Amen. I'm scared to speak publicly, but I'm called to preach. And there's something hungry on the inside of me. There's a hunger and a drive. I've just got to do it. There's a burden. Did I fail the first time? The first hundred times I failed. The first hundred times I, I, I thought I was flying. All I was doing was flopping. <laughs> Man, I hit the ground. You ever? You can look up those videos of the eagle's first flight. It's never pretty. <laughs> it's like a kaboom. They bounce off the ground. Whoop, they're in the water. Whoop. Oh, they hit a few trees on the way. Wait a minute. I get a little out of, out of off course. Wait, who put that tree in the way? Mama, mama. <laughs> but then there comes a day where all of a sudden that flailing and that falling gives way. Say, so open it up. I catch the wind. Oh, they're soaring. What do they want to do? They want to shriek and cry. <laughs> they want to, I'm not even going to try it, but they shriek and they cry, and all of a sudden the animals on the ground are like, oh no. <laughs> oh no. Baby's loose. <laughs> Baby's in flight. <laughs> they don't think that. They think, oh my God, there's another eagle in the air. Run and hide. But see, you can't ever fly if you never get out of the nest. You 
cannot stay in the nest of comfort. You can't hold back in yourself. Let fear be your motivator. See, because fear will never have you flying. It'll only have you clenching, starving to death, trying to reinvent comfort. But see, the other part of imprinting of an eagle is they will imprint their nest. That would be their nesting habits. Why is that important? It's because one day they are going to go out and instinctively, because they have been imprinted, they're going to go out and they're going to begin to create nest. And they're not going to put that nest on the ground. They're going to put that nest where it's been imprinted upon them to position that nest. They're going to put that nest in a high place. They're going to put the place where they go to rest, called their nest, is going to be in a high place. It's going to be in an elevated position. It's going to be up above the, the, the surface. It's going to be on a mountain, on a tree. It's going to be elevated. See, what does that mean to you and I? It means that, folks, we are made to soar the skies, but we're also made to, to, to reproduce who God has made us to be and that when he's revealed, we will be like him. And what did Jesus do after he resurrected and ascended back and he ascended back into heaven. He sat down at the right hand of the Father. Did he sit down because he was tired? No, he sat down because he was at rest. He was at rest because the work was complete. And then he takes you and I, and where does he position us? He takes us up, and he we are seated with him in heavenly places. So we find that we build our resting places in the elevated place where Jesus Christ is at right now, and so we find peace and rest in him, knowing that God himself is going to do his work in us and complete it because we are called to be children of God and we need to take flight. Amen. See, many times we give the devil too much credit. And we surrender the call of God to our circumstance. And we live in this place of lies because we have forfeited his voice. So it gets the least bit uncomfortable. We're, we're out. We're just checked out. Because in our American gospel, we're not supposed to be uncomfortable drove a car one day. It was a rental. It had a massage seat in it. I thought, I want one of these cars. That's a far cry from the car I started with with no AC, and you open the door, and the speaker rolled down the street. <laughs> now, you know, the bald tires, and you hit the slick, and you know, it's like... Now it's, mama just called me out, you know. Now I think I'm entitled to it. <laughs> See, we're conditioned to comfort. 
We get used to comfort. Could it be that God wants to do more than just make us comfortable? Maybe he wants to reproduce himself in you so that when you speak, hell hears his voice. Jesus we know. Paul we know. We don't know who you are. How did they know Jesus and how did they know Paul? Because Paul spent a lot of time with Jesus in the Word. Peter was there and I took a counsel to the side and I said, these are ignorant and unlearned men. But they've been with Jesus. How do we know? Because they sound like him. They act like him. They're raising the dead like him. They're healing the sick like him. See, but Peter could not be a soaring eagle unless he was willing to get out of the nest of his own comfort by being hungry enough to go after God. Amen? Worship team, make your way up here today. I hope that something in this message has sparked you to get out of the barnyard and into the skies. See, because there's a whole lot more in you than you could ever realize. Mm. See, we can live with the lies of our identity because all we've ever been around were chickens. We can keep acting like chickens, balking like chickens, clucking like chickens, scratching the ground like chickens, eating worms. One of the youth told me Wednesday night when I was sharing this message with them, he said, yeah, that eagle was overqualified for that barnyard. I thought, good one. <laughs> you're overqualified for that barnyard you're scratching around in. Let that, let that uncomfortableness and that hunger that's inside of you stop looking at God like he's angry at you and just start opening up yourself to the moving of the Spirit of the Lord. And maybe God wants you to soar to higher heights. Amen? Maybe He wants you to, maybe He wants your voice to be heard and echoed as His voice is echoed from eternity. Your voice is echoed from the sky. And now all of a sudden, hell is afraid not only of God, but hell is afraid of you. Maybe it's time to lift up the sword and say it's the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. Amen. Why did the enemy fear Israel? They feared Israel because they feared Israel's God. The enemy fears God. I want you to stand all across this room today. Father, we love you. Thank you, Lord. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Holy is the Lord God. You are worthy, you are worthy, you are worthy, Lord. Libro Father, you are worthy. Praise and honor and glory.
Lord, we ask in this house today. We ask in this house today. Lord, to get us out of the barnyard mentality. Show us, Lord God, who we are in you. Look up here at me. Before I came to the kingdom of God, there was this overwhelming compulsion that there was more to life than what I was living. It was an overwhelming desire inside of me. I didn't know it was God. There was, a, there was something compelling me. It was only after I came into a relationship with God did I discover that compulsion was the Holy Spirit saying to me there's a better life that needs to be lived. But I couldn't live the life as long as I was identifying as a victim, as an addict, as a person rejected, with an orphan spirit, insecurity. So what happened? The Lord Jesus revealed himself. As I kept feeling this compulsion turned into conviction, and this conviction was I've got to get right with God. And in the need to get right with God, I said, Lord, forgive me, not just for what I've done, but for who I am. And Lord, take my life. And in that process, the Lord received me. He revealed himself. And now, wait a minute. Everything that I thought I needed or wanted or should, it's already in you. What I need to do now is learn to live in you. See, so you're not earning your wings. You're just learning them. You're learning how to fly by discovering who you are in Christ. If you're ready to cross that line today, see, I'm tired of the barnyard. It's got to be something more than my hard-headedness and my strong will that's going to get me there. I need a supernatural intervention with God in my situation. I need God to step into my heart as I surrender my life to Him. I need to get out of the barnyard for my family. I need to get out of the barnyard for my future. I need to get out of the barnyard for the glory of the Father. I've got to get out of this barnyard. I am ready for the change. If that's you, I want you to step out of your seat right now. Meet me at this altar. Worship team is going to right now begin to begin to worship, begin to praise God. You're saying, I'm out of the barnyard and into the skies. I'm getting out of the nest and I'm going to start soaring because God has made me to do such in Him. Come on, come on. These altars are open right now. These altars are open. As they sing right now, just begin to let the Spirit of the Lord begin to move you. Move you into that place to say, I'm surrendering. I'm surrendering. I'm surrendering right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Prayer team, come help me.